Good morning, Vietnam. I've been wanting to say that ever since we started this podcast series. You probably have to be 65 or older to understand. Vietnam was an influential part of my early adult life. Robin Williams had a movie where he was a radio announcer in Vietnam and started his morning broadcast with Good Morning Vietnam. It was a great movie, and every time he opened his broadcast with that phrase, you knew you were in for a ride. I'm sure our water ride is not as much fun as Robin Williams' movie, but I hope you're enjoying it and getting some idea of how water works. That's why you came. So, good morning, water listeners. This is Tommy Ray. Welcome to Episode 7 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. Keep listening. I have been thinking about what you hope to learn about water. As I stated in the first episode, water is complicated. You can't gulp it down in one setting. You have to absorb it little by little or using the water analogy drop by drop. I am trying to give you a visual on how water works. I'll keep introducing different issues to keep you interested. If we only talked about the priority system, you would quickly tire of the subject. So I'm going to keep throwing different parts of the body of knowledge on water at you. You can catch what you like and let the others pass. But my bet is you'll want to at least be aware of all issues I throw your way. Last time, we talked about the Platte being mostly sewage return flows. Although the Colorado River is the largest river in our state and the most important to other states, particularly California, the Platte is the most important river to most of Coloradans since it serves the Front Range, millions of people, and thousands and thousands of irrigated acres between Denver and Nebraska. I also stated that this portion of the Platte is a ditch, not a river. To see for yourselves, I want you to take another road trip or two. Some of you may have not seen or may have not noticed diversion structures on the Platte. The largest in the metro area is the Burlington Canal. It is located on the Platte, very close to Franklin Street and 53rd Avenue. You can view the dam from the west side of the Platte just a little south of 53rd Avenue, or see it from the east side of the Platte at Franklin and Race Court. The Burlington is a major dam and a major canal. It carries water all the way to Bar Lake on the east side of Brighton. To get an idea of how water is moved around, I strongly encourage you to go take a look for yourself. You'll be surprised at how large this sucker is. It is shown as figures four and five on our website, nowater.com. That's no-water.com. These pictures were taken on April 22, 2021. Admittedly, the flows in the Platte are low at this time of year because the snow melt has not really begun but you can clearly see that this is a dry-up point. No water at all is passing the Burlington Dam across the river. It is all going into the Burlington Canal. 
If you are on the north edge of town, there is another smaller diversion structure you may want to see. It is on County Road 14 and a half, about 500 feet west of Highway 85, just north of Fort Lupton. Very easy to see and to get to. You quickly get a sense of how diversion structures and ditches work once you see one of these. This is shown as figure six and seven on the website. Many of the other diversion structures are in hard to get to places. They are mostly out of sight and out of mind. But let me tell you, they are out there sucking water out of the plat continuously. Several actually completely dry the river up. If you just drive around Well County, you will begin noticing ditches. They are particularly noticeable in the spring when they are running full of water. I hope you will drive around and see some ditches. Then go look at the ditch on Google Earth and follow that ditch back to its diversion headgate on one of the rivers or streams that flow into the Platte eventually. Practically all these ditches were dug over a hundred years ago. It is amazing they had the wherewithal to get the water to flow smoothly through these ditches out onto the prairie, sometimes for 60 to 80 miles. We'll leave ditches for now, but we'll come back to them. I want to follow up on the previous episode. We talked about Denver and Aurora importing water from the western slope from Dillon and the Homestake Project, respectively. Denver has other western slope water they bring over, and we'll eventually get around to those other sources of imported or, quote, new water. But you may be wondering what happened to the other 30,000 acre feet that Aurora and Colorado Springs had filed legitimate water rights on, but haven't yet brought over. There is now such political pressure from the West Slope that Aurora and Colorado Springs can no longer say to heck with you. It's our water and we'll take it. Because of the 1041 process, counties can now have a way to slow or stop water being exported out of their counties, even if others have a clear right to that water. Eagle County is demanding that some of the 30,000 acre feet to which Aurora and Colorado Springs have legal water rights remain on the western slope. Only time will tell how much additional water is brought over through the Homestake Project. So, laws can change that will affect water movement. Water law is composed of two parts, statutory law and case law. The state legislature passes laws all the time, but hardly ever touch water laws or the way the priority system works, and no judge will veer off the path set in case law, or what I call precedential law. I don't know if that's a word, but it should be. Judges apply precedents that have been set in prior cases. They can't veer off precedential law, or their decisions will be easily challenged. Let's talk about the speculation issue. Case law has built up over time that no one can speculate in water. 
Speculate is a dirty word in Colorado water law. Why? We speculate on everything else in the world. Speculate means two things. One, form a theory or conjecture about a subject without firm evidence, such as my colleagues speculate about my private life, or two, invest in stocks, property, or other ventures in the hope of gain, but with the risk of loss. When talking about water, anti-speculation case law has prevented investors from buying water directly. Let's compare speculating in water to speculating in land. Suppose I buy 100 acres of ground in Well County with the intent to develop it into 20 five-acre tracks. I think it is a good location, and if I develop it properly, maybe there will be a market for the lots I want to sell. Of course, I will be competing against other lots that may have been developed and are on the market. In other words, I must be competitive with other land developers. This is speculation. It is how anything gets developed from raw land to a 20-story office building. Buyers have other options. I have to be competitive or my lots won't sell. We love competition because it keeps the price of products, services, reasonable. That's the free market system. Let's examine the land speculation process. I know I have to get approval from Well County to develop the land. Am I going to be able to sell 20 five-acre tracks? No. Why not? Because Well County wants to protect both potential buyers and surrounding landowners. To protect the buyers, Well County will insist that I provide the needed services and access to each property. What does that involve? A lot. I have to show Well County detailed plans for roads, electricity, potable water, sewer systems, drainage control, and other physical problems. I also must pay fees for the schools, fire protection, etc. In short, I have to lay out everything I'm going to do. What about surrounding landowners? The county requires me to announce my plans publicly. They then hold a meeting to allow any objectors to come before the planning commission to say why they may be harmed. If harm can be demonstrated, the county will ask me to change my plans to avoid harming any neighbors. After final approvals, I know I can't sell all 20 acres. I have to leave 10 acres as open space. I have to set back a certain distance from neighbors and mitigate those concerns if they're legitimate. I have to build roads with rights of ways that will take up, a, say, another 20 acres. If my intent were to sell five-acre tracks, I now know that I only have 70 acres that I can actually sell. I can either now sell 14 five-acre tracks or 20 three-and-a-half-acre tracks. After meeting county requirements, and proving no harm to surrounding landowners, I then invest several hundred thousand dollars to construct the project. Whew. I speculated a lot of money, and hopefully it will pay off. Will the buyers come? Boy, I hope so. 
Now let's talk about speculating in water. First, I buy the water under a purchase contract. I can't use an option contract. That's not allowed under our existing anti-speculation water laws. Let's suppose I'm buying 100 acre feet that a farmer has been using to irrigate 100 acres. Remember, we said a good number for consumptive use on a farm is one acre foot per irrigated acre of ground. All well and good. Now I am ready to start the application process in water court so I can proceed with plans to, quote, develop the water and know how much water will be approved to be transferred from its existing location. But wait, I can't even begin the application process without first having buyers not only lined up, but sold. What? Yep, that would be like me trying to develop the ground and having to go to potential buyers. I could tell them, look, I don't know if you can buy three and a half acres or five acres, but this is a pretty location, so why don't you enter a purchase contract with me? I'll then get approvals from the county. On a water project, one of the first questions a potential buyer or buyers will ask me is how much water can I sell to them? Well, I'm not sure. Maybe I can sell you 100 acre feet or maybe just 70, but let's go ahead and do the deal anyway. This is crazy. All water lawyers know you can't speculate in water court and no judge is going to change precedents. So what are the precedents? Let's go straight to the horse's mouth and ask. This is what the Water Resources Review Committee in September 4th, 2014, had to say on speculation. By the way, you can easily Google this to read for yourself. They first recite the Colorado Constitution, which says, The water of every natural stream not heretofore appropriated is hereby declared to be the property of the public, and the same is dedicated to the use of the people of the state subject to appropriation. Well, I'm okay with that, but this is 2021. There are no waters left in the state to be appropriated. Every drop of water from streams has already been claimed. And there are two precedents that judges, lawyers must follow. Here are two quoted by the review committee. The first one says, The true test of appropriation of water is the successful application thereof to the beneficial use. Thomas versus Gerard, 1883. The second says, The Constitution provides that the water of natural streams may be diverted to beneficial use, but the privilege of diversion is granted only for uses truly beneficial and not for purposes of speculation. Combs versus Agricultural Ditch Company, 1892. Note the dates of these precedents, 1883 and 1892. Gee, 
If we were still following precedents set in the 19th century, I'm pretty sure women would not have the right to vote. But the case law on women voting rights, what I call precedential laws, were changed by lawmakers, not by the courts. I am suggesting that the legislature change the anti-speculation water law by legislative action. Why? Because a new buyer of existing water rights should be able to know how much consumptive use water he will own and then subsequently be able to sell. Why should the court require that a purchaser be lined up before a change in use can go forward? This is a reallocation of an existing right, not an appropriation of waters of the state. The courts are set up to protect other users on the stream when a right is bought and moved to a new location. The court will only allow a buyer to move the consumptive use from the property. The return flows stay in the river. No one will know if the consumptive use is moved off the ground or not. Remember, the consumptive use is that part of a water right that is fully consumed. That is, leaves the system and no other users had access to that water. And of course, just as in the Well County land example, the application to change a water right is publicly posted and any other water user has the right to object to the change of use. Yes, this is all well and good. That is the purpose of a water court proceeding, to hear objections and then the judge rules on how much water can be transferred without harming other users. So why does Colorado water law hamper investors who think they have a better way to move water around. I think an investor should be allowed to buy water and take it to court to determine how much water can be moved without harming other users. This is similar to a land speculator going before the planning commission to determine exactly how much of his property can be developed and do it in a manner that prevents harm to others. A water speculator should be afforded the same opportunity to develop water and put it on the market. I have stated and restated that I am pro-property rights. Let a water seller, typically a farmer, sell his water to the highest bidder and let that bidder figure out a way to put his water before potential buyers in a competitive manner. This is the way free market systems work. Why are we under some sort of feudal system? Yes, I understand in the early days, the 1880s and 1890s, that we should not have allowed speculators to come and claim water rights that they were not going to use immediately. That would have been bad for the citizens of Colorado. Compare this to the Homestead Act of 1862, whereby any adult citizen who had never borne arms against the U.S. government 
could claim 160 acres of surveyed government land. Claimants were required to improve the plot by building a dwelling and cultivating a land. This is similar to a citizen of Colorado claiming a water right. A water right owner was required to put the water to beneficial use. This sounds a lot like a land claimant having to improve the plot by building a house and cultivating the land. The claimant also had to live on the property for five years, but after that, he had a patent on the land. He then knew what he owned. Why can't similar thinking be applied to water? Why can't a farmer or a new owner go to court and get a determination of how much consumptive use water he owns? He and the potential buyer would be in a much better position to openly, honestly sell the water. There is another water court requirement that makes zero sense. The court wants to know where the water sold will be used. Why? The new owner has paid a big price for fully consumable water. The new owner will use every drop of that water. There will be no water returning to the stream. If it is to be used for an industrial purpose, they will use and reuse that water to extinction. Same with a newly created water district to serve homes. They will use water through the homes and pick up every drop of treated sewage for some other purpose. Okay, this was a big rant. But the anti-speculation issue makes no sense. That portion of the law should be rewritten to come into the 21st century. I truly hope some lawmakers are listening and will begin to think this issue through. Sure, get the best advice possible, but let our free market system work. I think investors could help solve a lot of our water problems without the government standing in the way. As always, I want feedback. I will be happy to share notes in any research I have done. Again, I ask that you understand I come to my opinions by asking questions. I am not a trained attorney. I really don't have an ox to gore here. I just want our system to work better. And in my opinion, the anti-speculation issue is way outdated and should be changed. I'm sure this will get me in trouble. But shucks, if you don't stick your neck out, nothing will happen. I need your support. There are two ways you can help me. Tell your friend about this podcast and buy me a cup of coffee. Shoot, there's now a way to do everything on the internet. You can buy me a cup of coffee on our website, nowater.com, K-N-O-W hyphen water.com. You can also reach me there to give me feedback. Tell me what you think. Let me hear your opinions by reaching me at Tommy at nowater.com. So let's stop here. Let's relax. Hearing a mountain stream is one way I relax. So listen to it, and I'll see you next time.